What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Joining us today is Blake Mallon, a billion-dollar brand builder, community marketing expert, TEDx speaker, and the host of the popular Alive by Design podcast. With over two decades of experience turning ideas into iconic, healthy lifestyle brands that have transformed millions of lives, Blake builds companies and brands aligned with his personal mission. In his early 20s, he co-founded Vi, a health transformation platform that he and his business partners grew from an idea to over $2 billion in cumulative revenue. Blake is not only a businessman, but he's a family man. He married his high school sweetheart and his daily dad life adventures with his young son, daughter, and their big American bulldog. From life enthusiast and high adventurer to active health advocate and longtime surfer to world traveler and family man, Blake lives the lifestyle that he sells. Blake is featured in many mainstream publications, speaks globally on his passion for community marketing, entrepreneurship, and intentional living. Blake Mallon, welcome to the show. Excited to be here, brother. A little while in the making. I'm uh, looking forward to today's talk for sure. I know one of your main signature lines is shift the script. Uh So could you help us understand what shift the script is? And even more importantly, what was your background and what script did you have to shift? Um, I love that question. And uh, that is something I find in my own conversation a lot. I've always gravitated to this concept of a shift, right? And going through shifts, not only personally, but all of us as individuals, I I think, you know, we all can relate to going through certain phases or seasons of our life where we have a a shift, you know, some people use the word change or defining moment or transformation or perspective. Um, but I love just the energy around that word shift and, and, uh, script, um, is short for uh, prescription, right? So when I say the word shift to script, uh, script, I, I mean the story that we tell ourselves, right? All of us have an internal dialogue and internal voice. Um, for those of you guys listening that are sitting there, thinking voice, I don't have a voice. What's this guy talking about? That's the voice I'm talking about, right? We all have that internal conversation um, that often falls into uh, repetitive stories, right? Repetitive routines. Um, And that's what I mean by a script is the story or the belief system um, that we tell ourselves. So yeah, when you put those two things together, you kind of get the essence of the statement. Shift the script just means making a shift on the belief system um, or the story or the kind of prescribed autopilot, if you will, um, that often goes on in between our ears. What was the story going on in your head when you're 16, 17, 18 years old? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? And how did you shift that to something obviously very different? Yeah, well, my story, many of you will probably relate to, and I I know, Brennan, that you and I have have had a relationship now for a few years, and I know you and I have had just some personal conversations, you know, off camera, um, just around similarities on kind of how we were brought up and the script, so to speak, that that we were given. And I'm sure many of you listening, you'll relate in some aspects to to my story. So, you know, I didn't grow up entrepreneurial. Um, I appreciate the accolades in the bio there. And I guess most people I get in touch with today is because of kind of my entrepreneurial journey and the efforts that I put in that direction. But I, I did not grow up that way, like at all. Matter of fact, if you could imagine um, an environment that was like entrepreneurial business, you know, success, mine would be like the exact opposite. So both of my parents, um, you know, loving individuals, caring individuals, uh, public service. You know, my my father was uh, lifelong law enforcement um, and my mom, a lifelong educator. Um, So teacher, counselor, and principal. Uh, And yes, I've been the butt of a few jokes of what you're 
father was a cop and your mom was a principal. Like it's not meant to be a joke. Um, but yeah, so I mean, super conservative, um, ultra traditional. And that's where this concept of a script or a, a prescription first entered my mind um, because that's what I felt it was like. I, I felt it was like I was literally following a prescription for how to live a good life, right? Or how to be successful. Um, and it's the same prescription now that I've had a chance to, to have conversations, not just the people here domestically, but, but globally. I'm always just fascinated by just how many people all around the world, different walks of life, different cultures, different languages, all of us have this kind of fundamentals of the same kind of prescription most of us were giving. And, and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? The, if you want to be successful, there's steps you have to follow, right? You got to go to school and study hard and get good grades and, you know, go to college and study hard and get good grades and figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. So you can get a good job and work hard and climb the corporate ladder and make, save enough money to buy the house. So you can meet the right person and fall in love and have the kids and, you know, get married and, you know, eventually save enough money so you can like retire and be happy in whatever golden years you have left or something like that most of us can relate with. Um, so Brendan, answer your question. Like I was hardcore that traditional path, like hardcore. So the- You were going to be a lawyer, is that? Yeah, that's what I thought, right? And, and, and it was a feeling, right? So I, I felt like in my family environment, the options were like a lawyer or a doctor or a failure. That was the feeling. Now, looking in back, I don't think that was really the pressure or the intent my parents put on me. It definitely wasn't what they intended to put on me, but that was the pressure I put on myself thinking what other people were thinking about me, if that makes sense. And yeah, I don't like blood uh, at all. So I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, so that was the path. So yeah, you know, uh, did the academic route, went to university degrees in political science, public law, psychology, was building the resume. Literally, I remember sitting and keeping a ongoing sheet in my dorm room tapped to the pegboard of my resume and doing what I could to fill in like the extracurriculars and everything that would get me into a great law school that would get me into a great firm. So yeah, you could say I, I was definitely all in on that achiever archetype of, you know, following that prescription for sure. I actually went to law school, as I think, you know, and uh -huh. a great experience that I leverage, obviously, in my business today. But what so how far did you go in that process of taking the LSATs or going down that road, what flipped in you? And also, were there any conversations you had to have with your family about it? Yep. Yep. And, and I do remember that for sure. So uh, that moment of shift or defining moment, it was the summer of my sophomore year in college. Um, I had already met a group of individuals at the end of my freshman year in college that were going an entrepreneurial route. Um, and that was the first time I shifted my peer group or my social circle to a group of individuals that were thinking totally differently. Because like I said, I didn't grow up in an environment that had like business or entrepreneurship, even as a concept. Um, that wasn't my social circle. Like I, I was more in the the circle of like surfers and sports and, you know, and, and you know, fun. I was in a fraternity. Um, it wasn't business, right? But I shifted an environment actually based on an introduction of a high school acquaintance um, at the end of my, my freshman year. They just got me open. And I, I preface that because in hindsight, I think that's what led to kind of a moment of um, epiphany, if you will, or aha, was that I started hanging around with people that actually thought differently, kind of talked about different things. I started picking up different books, which was like the first time in my life I ever had picked up books for like enjoyment, you know, and to be really honest, like I got good grades in school, but I was, I was never a reader. Like I, I was the kid that got through like high school, you know, 4.2, because I, I figured out cliff notes and cliff would give me all the notes in shorter format. Like I never wanted to read the book. I never would read, read a book for enjoyment. Um, but I started just gravitating to the genre of just like personal growth, personal development, business. And all of this was kind of in my mind as a preframe, if you will, as a seed. And uh, But to answer your question, summer of my sophomore year, I was interning um, for a district attorney. One of those things I said, I'm going to sacrifice my summer while my friends are having fun, you know, literally filing envelopes 
themselves. Like, I mean, I still get, <laughs> I still get like repelled and like an aversion of thinking about the giant. This is like before the digital aids. I'm getting old. Before the, uh, uh, you know, everything was digital. Like literally, giant Manila folders. I was in this, you know, J.C. Penney's white shirt and tie. And this is what I was doing, like my whole summer vacation, right? Because, well, it's what I was supposed to do, right? Isn't this, this is paying the price? This is building the resume. This is just how it is. And I must have had um, something about my energy at the time that was just giving off the fact that I just wasn't happy. So it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, and I had someone that, that later kind of grew to become a mentor in my life, uh, just kind of stopped me when I was driving home one day and, and asked me a really, really simple question. And he was just like, well, Blake, like, why are you doing all of this? And that was like one of those moments, if you've ever had somebody say something with words that felt like a punch in the gut or a smack in the face or just, you know, hit you like a ton of bricks because I didn't have a good answer when he asked me, well, why am I doing it? Matter of fact, like the only answer was, well, isn't this just what I'm supposed to do? And that moment right there, Brennan, was the beginning of a shift. I'm not going to say it was like a lightning bolt and life changed, right? It was the beginning of a awareness that I was literally living my life based on a script, a prescription a set of steps that other people said I was supposed to do. Never asking myself like, is this what I want to do? Is this what I'm meant to do? Is this what I love to do? Is, you know, never really checking in with myself to say like, is this the path for me? And that was the wake up call. And that's what woke me up because instantly, and, and this might sound for those of you guys listening a little aggressive, but like this, this is me. So like instantly, in that moment, I looked backward and I said, okay, well, I just spent, you know, my first 19 years on planet earth trying to chase this prescription without ever checking in with myself. And, and instantly, Brent and I went, I went into the future. So first I looked back, but then I went into the future and I said, wow, if I don't make a shift, am I going to spend the next 19 years and then the next 19 years? And, and I remember, and I still get visceral reaction thinking about it. I fast tracked to the future and I'm like, if I don't wake up, will I literally spend my whole life chasing this supposed to? And that, that was the shift. That was the shift that began. And, and that began a journey, right? Not, not an instant, but a journey of seeking education, seeking different peer groups, seeking different answers, checking in with myself, but, you know, a shift into a more intentional style of living as opposed to just an automated right or accepting um you know way of life or just a life by design right instead of like a life by default so for me brother that was that was like the moment um that started it and, and obviously it, it's 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 a journey ever since i heard les brown say this uh one time he said most people die when they're 20 but aren't buried until they're 80. Mm-hmm. And I have that same defining moment when I was in law school and my friend Jason called me and he said, you have to read this book. And I said, what's it called? He said, the four hour work week. Mm -hmm. So how do you get from, okay, I'm not going to go to law school to super successful, happy, fulfilled person. Like fill that gap for us. Yeah. Fill that gap. Answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll speak from experience. That's all I can do. Um, you know, and, and I'll answer the question that you kind of, you kind of teed up. So I started in entrepreneurship, right? I leaped into entrepreneurship and I leaped into really just the first thing that came across my plate. You know, I, uh, I started a home-based business. I didn't have a home. So I guess it was technically a business out of my dorm room uh, while I was in college. Um, wasn't an exciting product or an exciting service. But like I said, I fell in love with the education of it. I fell in love with the challenge of it. I fell in love with the journey of it. I enjoyed the peer group and the relationships that was coming from it. So I started getting all these, you know, intangible benefits, right, for going down that path. Um, and I always tell people, you know, it's cliche to say you become like those you surround yourself with, but it's an absolute fact, you know, and, and you know, we're all influenced by our peer group, right? Proximity is power. Fastest way to change where you're going is change who you're spending time with, because you will end up adopting, right, a lot of the characteristics and beliefs and, and results. Um, so I, I guess that was one of the first steps that I changed my peer group. I find people, I found people that 
challenged me, that raised my standards, that, that got me to think differently. We weren't all going the exact same path, thinking the exact same way. Um, and started in an entrepreneurial, you know, route. And, and I do remember very distinctly, like it wasn't successful at the beginning. Um, you know, I, I, I put a lot of sacrifice, like a ton of sacrifice, probably more sacrifice than most people would do at that age. Like, you know, I chose instead of going to the parties on Friday and Saturday to spend time learning and growing and spend time, you know, studying and researching and spend time trying to build a business, you know, and I did sacrifice a lot of those years, right? Um, and I look at it as a sacrifice, you know, in one lens, but on the other end, I look at it as an advantage and an asset, like I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, and, you know, definitely went through the rejection phase or, or the what the heck from, you know, my family and, and social circle. Um, I remember graduating, Brendan, when I, I graduated college early, because I knew I was just done. So, but I still had that script so ingrained in me, like walking away without the piece of paper, just, you know, is too ingrained. So I, I ended up cramming my classes, taking summer and just getting out in three years, you know, not so I could go on to law school, but so I could just be done and give this entrepreneurial thing a full-time crack. Who is the um, hardest person that pushed back for you? There were a couple. Yeah, there were a couple. You know, my, my, my parents, I'm thankful were supportive because I think they thought it was a fad. So my parents kind of thought was, oh, we'll support him in whatever he's doing. And, you know, worst case scenario, he goes back to law school, right? So I think my parents kind of said, okay, we'll see where this goes. So they were, they were not negative, right? I, I wouldn't say they, they were one of the huge roadblocks. Like a lot of, pe lot of people have parents that, that not for any negative intention, they're, they think they're doing the best, but because of their script and their programming and their past-based references, sometimes like our closest ones we look up to the most end up being the roadblock. And I've seen that a lot in people that I work with as entrepreneurs. For me, my parents were not that. Um, but I do remember distinctly when I did graduate, you know, it was the same time my uh, sister was graduating high school and we had this kind of collective graduation party at the house, which obviously all your family and friends and friends, parents, and everybody comes over. And when you graduate school, everybody asks the same question, right? Which is, okay, you're done with school. What are you going to do next, right? And everybody thought, you know, okay, graduated a great university, all these degrees, you know, you're early, has the resume. Everybody is like, well, what law school are you going to? What firm are you joining? Like everybody expected that answer. And my answer was, uh, I started a home-based business and I'm going to go full-time giving that a crack. And people's reactions are still etched into my memory, right? Like the, what? Like, you are crazy. Like the reactions of, you're crazy, reactions of doubt, reactions of what are you talking about? Um, and it was those reactions, Brendan, I think that were the toughest. It, it, it was the people all around me, right? That weren't maybe in my closest family, but sometimes we we give so much weight to people that, that we shouldn't give weight to. Um, and for me, those were those reactions. And there were statements. I mean, there were, people, there were a lot of people that made direct statements like, I think you're making a mistake. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to make it. Uh, and in hindsight, like those people were action motivators for me. Um, and this is something I can give for all of you. You know, uh, there's a quote out there that says, you know, sometimes your antagonists are really your angels. And what that means is sometimes the people that are put in front of you in, in a seeming way to be a roadblock or be an obstacle or be a challenge, and don't get me wrong, the words can hurt, right? And the words can, can raise insecurity and self-doubt. Sometimes those people are really angels in disguise um, because they really test your resolve. Um, they test your decision. They test your passion. They test you saying, is this really what you want? Is this really where you want to go? Is this really a decision that you're making? They don't say that, but in their actions and your response, that's what, that's what happens. Um, so those people in hindsight, looking back when I was going through it, like, yeah, it hurt. Yeah. I spent way too much time thinking and worrying about what other people thought of me, but in hindsight, they were the action motivators that gave me the internal resolve to say, you know what, I'm going to do this, right. And I'm going to do this, not to despite you, I'm going to do it for me. But I'm going to do it uh, to show you, right, that I can. Um, and that energy helped fuel me in the, in the early years, for sure. I remember being in a cafe in New York City with my friend Bobby in, like, 2016. And he was just one of those great, supportive friends who really took an interest in what I was building. 
And this girl was sitting at the table like six inches next to us, like crammed New York City cafe. And she stands up and she walks over and she looks at me and she goes, sorry to eavesdrop, but is that the, you're going to be doing that business? That's your business? I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't it so exciting? And she looked at me and she said, who would ever buy anything from you or from that industry? Mm -hmm. And she walked away sat back at her table. Me and my friend Bobby were laughing. Thankfully, I had the confidence to know I'm doing this anyway. But the best part of that story is about 40 minutes later, when her check came and she was stood up to leave, she walked back over and she said, hey, um, I'm just curious, if I was going to enroll in one of your things, how would I do that? <laughs> I know. And, and, it, and, it, and it, sometimes you need those people, right? And, and the yeah. old saying, like, words will never hurt me, like, BS, like, words freaking hurt, you yeah. know, like, like, like they hurt and, and you stew on them and they suck your energy. But, you know, for everybody listening, like, it's normal, right? And especially speaking to the, the entrepreneurs or those of you looking to make a leap. I know there's, there's a lot of people right now, the world needs more you know, ideas being created into reality needs more entrepreneurs and, and it's a great time to make that leap. So it's normal guys. Like we all go through the, the doubt, like, oh man, people think you're crazy. Ah, oh, you know, I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to have, you know, a ton of, of internal dialogue on what if this doesn't work, right? What if I mess up? What if I make a mistake? What if I fail? Um, you guys, all of those fears are normal. Um, and I, I haven't found anybody that's achieved anything worth talking about that's honest um, that hasn't gone through that stuff. Like, you know, going through that stuff is part of the process. Um, and, you know, like I said, again, it gives us our own reflection to make sure the direction we're going, like we want, like it's something we're passionate about. Like it's something we're inspired by. You need that type of energy to get through the stuff that you're inevitably going to have to get through. And, and I know it's easier to say this from this vantage point, um, but I hope some of you hear me on this. When you do get to some milestone, there's, I'm not going to say an end because there's never an end. It, it never ends, right? But when you do get to some level of achievement, some accomplishment, whatever that step is that you're focused on now, and you do get a moment to look back, I promise you, like I promise you, the stuff you overcame is actually what you end up valuing. It's all those roadblocks that were in the place that you're like, man, I'm blessed to have had that. Like that made me, that, that defined me, that taught me, that gave me the experience. I'm a different person today because I went through all of that. Had I not gone through all of those, I wouldn't be the person that I am. And, you know, it's the absolute truth. It's the absolute truth. So, you know, Brennan, with that perspective and the reason I share that, and I know you've had to go through your own stuff, right, to get to where you are, but that's who's made who you are. And I think if we're able to, to absorb that, that script, so to speak, that, that lens, it helps going through the stuff, right? Because then when you go through the stuff, you're like, okay, I get it. It's here to teach me something. It's here to stretch me, right? It's here to challenge me. It's here, it's here to give me an experience I wouldn't have had. And you know, what if all of that was there designed to give you something to prepare you for whatever was to come next? And in the beginning, I didn't have that philosophy. In the beginning, it was, it was, it was horrible, right? I, but I pushed through it. But I hit a milestone. Like, and then I started building that belief. I'm like, hmm, kind of the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. And then I started adopting that mindset to the next set of challenges. And I'm like, okay, well, these are bigger challenges, but that must mean more reward, right? And, and it reframed how I approach obstacles. Um, and I can't say like I'm perfect. Trust me. I mean, you know, the, 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 the bigger you get, the bigger the problems you get to solve. Um, but that lens has helped me now tackle bigger, bigger problems. And I'll still find myself slipping into, you know, the doubt and sometimes the negative self-talk, but I snap myself out of it saying, okay, this is here for a reason. I'm going to learn something as long as I get going and it's going to prepare me for where I go next. And the harder, the more painful, the more challenging that event is that is presented to me that I need to handle and deal with and work through my emotions and all that stuff around. I then inevitably within the span of 90 days, some client gets on my coaching call or a group session or a talk that I'm doing and raises their hand and they have the exact same problem. And I've just mm -hmm. overcome it. And I'm so excited to show them how to do it too. I love that. And that's even a, uh, I love that 
I look at as a different lens as well. It's not just about you, right? So like what we go through helps us as individuals approach our next journey in a different way. But what we go through also helps us help other people, like you're saying, get through the same path. Um, I love that though, especially, you know, obviously it, it relates highly to what you do with your coach and your programs. But no matter who you are and what we all do, I, I think we all can relate to what we've been through allows us to help other people when they're going through similar things. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of, of life, right, is being able to, to give and contribute and, you know, share our own wisdom and experience in, in order to make somebody else's journey a little, a little better. So I, I love that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So here are some threads I'm taking away from what's enabled you to be successful so far. So obviously you had this natural intellect. You surrounded yourself with high quality entrepreneurial type people. You had a very strong work ethic and then you took a healthy risk by going out there and doing something different. Mm -hmm. What else came together from, okay, I'm starting my home business at 21 yep. to becoming top three C-suite level of this mm -hmm. major, major company. And specifically, was it your ability to be resilient in a sales position, in a leadership position of others? Was it just putting in the hours? Like walk us through that journey and what specifically you were able to do to really go from, okay, I'm taking this risk. I'm not going to law school, but boom, now I'm at the top. Like what, yep. what did you do to create or co-create that drop that? Level? Yeah. And I think, the I think the things you extracted were a good base. I, I, I think that was a lot of the foundation. I, I think probably the, the next thing that just comes to mind, I tried a lot of different things. And then I naturally gravitated, right, to certain things. Um, and we all do this. So for me personally, like on a personal level, like I found that I love to create like I love to create, I love to um, not just come up with ideas, right? But have conversations around ideas, whether I, they start from something in my mind, or it starts from something in your mind or the people I'm working with, a team atmosphere, like ideation, but then going beyond an idea to figuring out how to make that a reality, turn an idea into something tangible, and turn an idea into something tangible that can actually make an impact, right? They can actually do something. So I, I fell in love with that process. And I, I think that's just a part of, I think that's just a part of me, right? Like I, I think I was built to create. Side note, I think all of us were built to create in some way, right? I mean, I, I do really believe all of us are designed to be our own version of creators. You know, we create in different ways. Some people create businesses or brands or products or services or communities or organizations or art or music or fashion or makeup or you know insert whatever i do think at the heart we're all we all have a creation energy into us but i i felt that early like i love to take ideas and make them make them a reality um and then i also realized like i just genuinely love inspiring like i i love inspiring others not just from a, oh, I was able to, you know, motivate somebody, but no, like if there's something that I can do, even if it's a little part or a little role to give somebody that little extra shift, that little extra energy that moves them in a, a little different direction, allows them to go a little further, a little faster than they wouldn't have gone without me moving toward kind of who they are and what they're meant to do. Like, I love that. I love it. I get fulfillment out of inspiring others to move um, toward a direction of their own better. And those things I fell into and I, I learned early. And, and lastly, just doing it by example, right? So doing it through the best that I can do on how I live. So not in just a prescriptive way of, you know, here's what to do, but trying to do that. And again, none of us are perfect. It's a constant journey, but doing it through my own example of, of what I create and what I do to inspire. And, and, and through example is the best way, I think, to show other people around us you know, a, a way for them to pursue their own better. So for me, I guess the, the, the nutshell there, Brennan, is I tried a lot. I gravitated to certain things. Um, and I, I felt like those are what I was meant to do because I was passionate. I got energy from doing it. it you know, I enjoyed putting time into it. I, I was able to have an impact. And those, those were me, but to, to translate, I think what you're getting to we all have something similar, right? So I, I believe we all have certain 
um, gifts, if you will, right? Certain things that we were all given that are natural, that are innate, that we can do right better than others. You know, so often we get stuck overly focusing on the stuff that we can't do and why we're not as good at this as somebody else or why we were such a slow learner at this topic that we totally negate all the stuff that we were created to do. Um, so I think the principle there is try a lot of things, but be in tune with yourself of what you gravitate to, what ignites your fire, what makes you feel alive, because you're going to need to be passionate about a direction you want to go, in my opinion, if you're going to put in the time, if you're going to put in the effort, if you're going to put in the energy to get through the stuff that you're going to have to get through to play at the level you want to play. And if you're not in a lane you are really excited to be in, you're going to find yourself doing what so many people do, which is like the start, stop, overnight entrepreneur, you know, trying a different thing every week and never giving yourself the time or the consistency to get really good or have the success that is possible. Does, does that make sense? Well, that's a really good point because we're talking about doing what you love and finding for you, it was ideation and it was motivating teams and individuals from a leadership perspective, it sounds like. But one of the things that I've noticed is out of my whole business, I don't just wake up and I do an awesome podcast with a really cool guy and then go surf. And then tomorrow wake up and just coach 10 amazing professional athlete clients and then go on stage and talk to Google for three hours and take a check for a hundred grand and then just jump on a private jet and fly into the <laughs> wilderness. Like there is as much as it's my passion and those are some things that I get to do. There's so many other things that you have to kind of roll up your sleeves and put in, especially when you're building it. And so that's a really important point is don't just expect that everything's going to be perfect, even when it is you're following that thing that you love. Mm -hmm. So it leads me to my next question, which is kind of about the highs and lows. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Um, and there's always uncertainty in the world when you're an entrepreneur and a business owner and you go out and do a different path. What is one of the biggest lows that you've experienced and how did you maintain poise and also what's one of the biggest highs you've ever had and how did you not let that get to your head or over celebrate that those are great questions um and i i echo exactly what you say and we don't want to be misunderstood here like even if you find and when you find your lane you got to do the work right you got to do the work um I just want you to know that you're going to be able to do the work to get through the stuff you're going to have to get through if it's something that truly excites you and vice versa. If it's something that doesn't excite you, you're probably not going to make it flat out. Like you're probably not going to make it. Um, and even if you find the thing that excites you, you still got to do the work and still many don't make it right. And you know, so you go through a lot of the inner, inner self-talk. We, we kind of talked about that. And I think those are some of the, the first stages that everybody goes through. Uh, but inevitably, there'll be a ton of challenges and a ton of lows. You know, Brennan, I, I've been at this now, so 22 years as an entrepreneur. Um, so many valleys, some fun peaks, more valleys. <laughs> um, you know, some top ones that come, come to mind. Uh, Five years in the business that I started when I was out of my dorm room working with a company, five years in, thought I was done, thought I was retired, right? You know, done by, you know, early 20s. Um, and then got the phone call from the owners and investors that supported the service that I was marketing that said, company's done, company's out of business. We've been struggling, investors are done funding, we're shutting our doors. And I remember that moment, five years all my time sacrificing, right? What many would call is like the normal college life and college experience to create and build something. People depending on me, following me, feeling a responsibility. And in a single phone call, that being taken away. All the doubt instantly back in my head. See, told you it wouldn't work. See, right? You know, do I go back to the script, right? So now you, now you retract. Do I, do I go back to law? So I go back to the, you know, the degree, do I go back to the traditional path was what does this mean, right? All of that, all of that in that moment. That was one of the, the first decisions that tested my resolve. Do I really want this? 
right? And decided to, to push through at that time. Um, you know, built a, a company, started a company in the, the health and nutrition space um, in 2005, you know, built it 2006, seven, 2008 recession hit. Some of you guys remember the 2008, end of 2008, 2009 period, right? I mean, a lot of people still have effects from the aftermath. Watched 90%, 90% of the revenues we'd spent all the years building get completely erased within a 60-day period. Company went from something to be proud of and slow growth and, and excelling and to literally almost out of business. Matter of fact, I remember, I remember the numbers. I remember sitting in my office going, we are losing $600,000 a month right now. That's the burn. We have $600,000 left in the bank. Okay. At the time. And I'm sitting there saying, and it, revenue wise, we were down to about 600,000 a month in sales. And I remember like, this is a six, six, six. that like, I don't like <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're 30, we're 30 days from bankrupt. Yeah. We're, 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 I mean, that, that was it. Like, this is it, this is done. And, and again, all the stuff, all the doubt, all the insecurity, right. And, and we could have folded in the towel, could have quit. We didn't, we said, we're going to solve, we're going to figure this out. We're going to solve it. You know, the, the pieces of the puzzle are here on the table. We know that they're here. We just have to have the right perspective to put them together. How do we put this thing back together in a way with what we have to excel during a recession? How do we make a recession-proof business? That was the question. And we reinvented everything, everything. Sitting in a, board, sitting in a boardroom here in Los Angeles. Relaunched everything. Tire, tire relaunched everything in 30, 60 days. Turned out it worked. Not immediately. Six months later, we, we, we got enough to keep us afloat, right? We got enough to not go bankrupt. We got behind on bills, behind on payables. Like, But then eventually we got even and then eventually turned around and eventually the decisions we made in that time is actually what catapulted our brand to the numbers you said earlier, to number one in a massive category and ended up doing over $2 billion in revenue in a, in a very competitive category globally. 30 days from bankruptcy. Um, so, I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, I, I can go on and on waking up to phone calls, you know, saying we're not going to make payroll for employees this week and having to wire out of my personal checking account to make payroll to tell everybody what we were doing. Didn't look for accolades, but right during tough times. So I don't say that to, to, to every guys, every entrepreneur has been through their stuff, right? I mean, it, it, these challenges are not any any different or any larger than I'm, I'm sure most entrepreneurs out there that have built something significant you got we all go through it you got to go through the stuff and again to your point it goes back to your resolve right it goes back to your passion it goes back to that desire that's going to drive drive you through it um so those are a couple of the ones that 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 uh they come to my mind but i can talk all day long on valleys you know i'll say and and, and again for those of you guys that maybe are in a valley right uh, right now to listen to this it's crazy. It's crazy what happens when you put your intention in the right place. Like if you approach it with what we're talking about here, like, okay, all the pieces of the puzzle are on the table. I just need the right perspective to see them, right? The challenge is just here to test me to see if I really deserve what is waiting for me on the other side. You know, it, it, that you have the desire, you simply refuse to quit. Like it's not an option. You, if you put that intention into it, you're just amazed of what solutions come to the table. It's just crazy, right? And all of a sudden, the solution is there. The person is there. The relationship is there. The answer is there. That idea is there, right? You figure out a way, but you got to approach it with the intention looking for the answer. And so often, people don't find the answer because they're putting their intention in the wrong thing. They're, the, the, why is this happening to me, right? Oh, see, I knew this wouldn't work. Oh, everybody else is different. Oh, I don't deserve this. And we fill our head with so much victim conversation or doubt conversation that we are unable to even see sometimes, right, what's right in front of us waiting to move us to the next, next level. And you guys, I think that's why we go back to the mental game of it all starts, it all starts with the mindset. It all starts with the shifts up there. Um, and again, to echo Brennan's point, 
and just refusing to quit, putting in the time, putting in the work. And you'll be amazed that the next, the stepping stone will reveal itself, right? It, it's always there if you're willing to look for it. So those are some of the lows. If you share one or two of your biggest highs. And conversely, how do you not let that define who you are, build a big ego around it? Um, man, okay, I'll give you a moment. Uh, we threw an event for our community. Um, we rented out the Miami Heat Arena. Um, so the, it's the American Airlines Arena, or at least it was at the time. I think it still is in Miami where the, where the Miami Heat play. Um, we rented out for one of our company events, um, and we sold it out. Uh, over 18,000 people, which was crazy because we had more people for our community in that event than the Miami Heat had for the championship the weekend before because we were allowed to put chairs on the court, right? So we could fill the arena and the court. And I remember walking out on stage um, to an arena of you know about 18,000 people in the round, right? In an arena, um, just the energy, the electricity, right? The the that feeling um, for that event, I would say, was was definitely one of those moments um, that I'll take with me, you know, forever. Uh, and that event, you know, we we celebrated, um, you know, crossing our first billion dollars in revenue and just all these milestones. Um, so I'd say that was one of those one of those kind of defining moments. Um, the second part of your question is is how do you keep that from affecting your ego? it's hard. And I can't say I did it well. You know, I, I, you know, I, I can't say I did it well. Like when you get to a peak, it's so easy, so easy to think you're better than you are. Right. So easy to take credit for the, you know, success, right. So every success has a hundred fathers. Right. I mean, it's so easy, um, you know, for it, you to get lost in all of that. Um, and I'm not going to say that, that we did it right. Like myself, my partners, you know, a lot of the, the leadership that, that helped create that story at that time, like, oh man, tons of ego, tons of ego, tons of arrogance. Um, you know, I do believe in the saying that like money makes you more of what you are. Uh, it's an amplifier. Right. And, and, you know, if you're, you know, an asshole without money, you're just a really, really big one with money. Right. If you're a jerk without money, you're a bigger jerk with money. But if you can put the time into yourself, right. And, and you are a caring person without money, you're just going to be a more caring person. Right. You know, with money. Um, so I think money is an amplifier and it definitely starts to show true colors. Right. When, when you get it, especially for the first time, you know, when you create wealth for the first time, so there were a lot, a lot of hard lessons, um, you know, a lot of hard lessons at, at the top that we didn't do perfectly. And quite frankly, some of those, not all of it, I mean, there's a lot of reasons led to um, then a downward trend, right? So you guys, every peak has its valley, like nothing goes up infinitely, right? Uh, so, you know, you think it does though, when you're on the way up, you think it always goes up and everything always goes up and it's a perpetual infinite it's what you think, right? No matter how many lessons you've been heard or guidance you've, you've been given when you're in the run. So I'll tell all of you, like you put in the work in the right lane, you refuse to quit with the right intention long enough, you will get to your peak. I promise you. And when you get there, celebrate, acknowledge, be proud. You deserve it. But understand guys, there's just going to be another valley. <laughs> and, and, and if you're willing to go through that valley, which is going to be bigger than your last valley is, What's great is there's going to be another peak. And when you get there, acknowledge it, like celebrate it, but just know that after that peak, there's going to be another valley. And when you're young and you're running your first peak, you don't have that, that type of, of perspective or, or wisdom. At least I didn't, right? So we, we had a long run up. And man, that first valley after the peak, that valley was one of the hardest valleys. Um, and now I've, I've, I've matured a little bit in my experience where I've come to learn, man, that's just life. Like there's highs, there's lows, there's peaks, there's valleys, there's ups, there's downs. You, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you're on the championship team and sometimes next season you get your butt kicked, right? And, and that is just the way that it works. And you, you learn to stop trying to define yourself based on your accomplishments or the peak you're standing on. And really, I think you start to define yourself based on who you're becoming because of all of it. 
who you're becoming because of what you learned on the run up, who you're becoming because of what you learn on the run down, who you're becoming because of what you learn in the valley, which I think is the most value, right? And, and it's no longer tied to like the achievement or the outcome or the result, um, but it's tied to the journey and the experience and the process. Um, but you got to go through it to get to that stage, right? I, I, I think people told me that when I was in my, my early 20s, early 30s. But man, when we were running from scratch to billions in revenue, and you could, if you told me, I wouldn't have heard it. You know, um, but, you know, for those of you guys that are out there, if you want to take some wisdom, whether you're, you're at the beginning, running for the top, or you're at the top right now, right, be warned, right, or you're going down the, the next valley, don't worry, there, there's another. Um, in my experience, that, that's, just, that's, just the way, that's just the way the universe likes to play with us. At least that's my opinion, Brendan. I don't know what yours is. <laughs> I had a teacher in high school named Mr. Yanni, Italian guy who taught mm -hmm. calculus to us. And he had a very thick Italian accent, and he would say, he called me Branzino, even though my name is Brendan. Like uh, the closest <laughs> Italian thing. It means sea bass, Branzino. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Mr. Yachty. He said, Brendan, life is like a sine curve. It has its ups and it has its downs. Mm -hmm. What's the most powerful feedback or share you got from someone who either wrote you a letter or came up to you after an event, heard you speak, mm -hmm. their story that really kind of almost knocked you off your feet. Like, wow. Oh man, that's a great, great, great question. <sighs> There's so many directions I can, I can answer that. Um, I think there's, and I'll, I'll probably give a few just because there's, there's different ways my brain's going right now. Yep. I'm in the health space, right? So, I mean, I, I've heard of a ton of stories where because of what we were bringing to the world, a product, and it's more than a product because it's always more than a product, right? But a product and the support and a community created an environment um, for someone to change their health. You know, I've, I've, I've had conversations with people in my prior brand that, that had lost hundreds of pounds, like hundreds of pounds, like, and they would sit there almost in tears showing who they were and who they are. Um, I remember one story um, of a gentleman that lost, I think it was over 200 pounds and it wasn't the weight. It was that he had just took his son to Disneyland. And for the first time in his life, he was able to go on the roller coaster with his son. Yeah. Because prior to that, they wouldn't allow him on because they couldn't close the bar. And it was the moment of him riding a roller coaster with his son that, that I mean, we're both crying. Like, it's that moment. Like, because then it transcends like a, a physical transformation. Like, you're giving someone life, you're giving somebody moments, right? You're giving somebody memories. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, have my, I've, I can tell hundreds that started as that, um, you know, stories of experiences, like, like I, I'm a fan, Brennan, of, of the moment. Like it's just, it's just in, in me that I'm about, I'm about the experience, right? Like I want to, I think life is just a collection of moments. We don't remember most of our time here. We just remember the highlight reel and I want to have a freaking good highlight reel, right? When it's all said and done. So like I'm a collector of moments. That's an intention I put out there. And I, I try to share that with other people, like create an experience, do something different, find a first, like capture the moment. Like at the end of the day, that's going to be your life. Um, and you know, there's so many moments that I'm able to, to see people experience for the first time. Anytime I see someone experience something for the first time, the smile on their face and just the life on them, that's what I live for. Like, man, they're going to remember that forever, right? That first, um, so th those are, those are, you know, some, some of the different stories or themes of stories, right. That, that, um, that I would say touch me the most is things that have to do, I guess both of them are the same, just me thinking out loud. I'm about the experience, brother. So whether it's the, the health transformation or the environment, yeah, money is a vehicle. But for me, the things that impact me the most are all of that leading to an experience they wouldn't have had otherwise that they'll remember for their life because at the end of the day, that's all we have. For me, that, for me that's it. For me, that's what makes me go. What I appreciate about the contributions you've made through your career is not that you provided people with 
different products or supplements or things that help them get into that shape and lose hundreds of pounds. But you've really been a leader in bringing people together and giving them connection with other people going through similar things. Mm-hmm. And I think that feeling then says, okay, I'll eat whatever I need to eat to get my life in order so I can, I'm happier, I'm not depressed anymore. And to me, that's really amazing how you've done that with so many people. Oh, and I appreciate it. And, and it's what makes me go, you know, and, and, and it's not all altruistic. Like that's what fuels me. Right. I mean, that, that's what fills my cup and fills me up um, is to be able to do something to make an impact that allows someone to move toward their own potential. Um, so I get just as much out of it as, as, you know, the individuals you're referencing get out of it. And, you know, uh, but I appreciate the comments and I know you're doing the same thing right now. So I, I love watching your ascension, your rise, um, <laughs> you know, everything from when we first uh, started having conversations and, and the community you're building and the people you're helping and the impact you're making and, you know, the feedback you're getting is already amazing. And I know it's, uh, it's just the beginning with the momentum you're creating with you and your team. So, you know, back at you. Thank you. And congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's great to have you on the show, Blake. Let's uh, wrap up with where everyone can find you for inspiration. I know you have a podcast, you have an active Instagram account, website for people who got lit up by this conversation. And I know I'm one of them. Where can people find you and learn more? Yeah, I'm easy. So just my name, Blake Mallon, search it, you'll find me. Uh, Instagram guys is easy. Just Blake Mallon at Blake Mallon. If you go there, there's a little uh, link that can push you off to all of the resources. Um, But yes, you know, would love to hear from you. If anything um, resonated with you today, you know, the only reason that we take the time to do this is to add value and give an impact. So if something resonates with you, shoot Brendan and I a message, let us know that gives us awesome feedback to keep you in what we're doing. Um, But yeah, we'd love to connect and and the podcast, I know Brennan, your podcast is awesome. I mean, you've had some crazy guests. Uh, I'm honored <laughs> to be now among the list. And uh, if you guys are looking for you know, more content and other listening, Alive by Design on all podcast platforms, um, would love to connect and spend time together there. Blake Mallon, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, brother. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.